All right, but as I mentioned, you will be the first person to hear V1 of the Banquet Hall intro music. Alexis, are you ready to hear the new Banquet Hall intro? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. It's a Kenny Beats original. Now rock with it. Like you need a name drop in here somewhere, like Kenny motherfucking Jones on the beat. Yeah, this is. I like it. So I think what we need, I think we need a vote. I I need to, I need to have the listeners when y'all listen to this episode. Let me know if y'all rocking with the new intro music. Uh, I think it's fire. Get your head rocking a little bit before the podcast, like get a little groove going. And then I think people vibe with us a little bit. But um, welcome to the next episode, the latest. Episode. I always say next episode it should be latest episode, but this is mistakes are made. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of the Banquet Hall podcast. Uh, I am pleased to be joined by the one, the only Alexis. Alexis, how are you today? Great. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> uh, Alexis got me recording this podcast at 8.45 p.m. on a weeknight. Like, I'm not a retired grandpa who needs my rest. Got me up in these late hours. I'm supposed to be on the couch watching Star Wars or something, and you got me recording a podcast. How do, how do you feel about that? You're supposed to be outside. So Outside? Yeah, home. <laughs> we still nah. get done. It's it's a Thursday. Where am I supposed to be Thursday at 9 p.m. but on this couch? At the club? Who do you think I am? No, just... I mean, just... you can be at home. Yeah. But yeah it is kind of... <laughs> it's, it's late. So forgive me if my energy ain't where it needs to be, but that's what the Kenny Beats is for. Um... Alexis, thank you for agreeing to be a guest on this podcast. Uh, the question that I always start the podcast off with is just giving the listener, or excuse me, yeah, giving the listeners an idea of where you're from and what that what that means to you. So what is it like to be from the greatest city on the face of the planet? It's the greatest thing on the planet. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm from LA and I love being here. I feel like everything happens here. It's not like the hustle and bustle and craziness of New York, but it's the place to be, to be chill and also turn at the same time to find community, to find different types of people. I think it's the hub of the melting pot. So I love being from here. The hub of the melting pot. And it's interesting. Like, I feel like, I feel like I'm not surrounded by as many people who are from LA as I used to be because to hear you talk about LA not being the hustle and bustle, I feel like there's a lot of people who think LA is just this busiest place on earth. There's so much traffic. Like I know there's traffic in LA, but I feel like it's almost gotten to a point where people be putting the extras on. It's like, all right, it, it's not going to take you 17 hours just to get nowhere. Like relax because people come from smaller cities where yeah, maybe there's only one beauty supply within 30 minutes talking to you, San Diego. But in LA, you got beauty supplies on every corner. So uh, what what's your favorite thing about just Los Angeles in general? Like you mentioned it being the hub of the melting pot, but what are some things you like about LA? 
I like the differences between Hollywood and LA. Mm. People have this misconception that just because you're like in the Hollywood scene that you're from LA, and that's just not the case. I could be in sweats and a hoodie in my slides, you know, in East LA, and then I'm a dress up for the club in Hollywood. It's a big difference. And I think it's always funny to see the people who aren't from LA judging the people who are from LA saying that it's not LA, but they're technically not the LA. So I think that dynamic is funny, but it's also, it's kind of like code switching for me. How I dress in Hollywood is not the same way that I'm going to dress every day or, or feel like I have to dress every day. So that's cool. You just meet a lot of different kinds of people from all different um, backgrounds. You got people in tech, you got the hippie dippies, like you got just a lot of different types of people that may not, I mean, you may not come across those people in San Diego or somewhere else. San Diego to call two strays in 10 minutes of podcasting. And I swear it's all love. (laughs) right it's really all love but i just feel like and we're going to get into the ucsd thing in a bit but i felt like just how close san diego is to la i expected more similarities when i moved to san diego and so there's little things like beauty supplies not being everywhere like why everybody why every black person in san diego know three beauty supplies you, you tell them and i'll say north of the a freeway like i know the folks in southeast like they got the areas but I'm talking about like the black student population at UCSD. Like, oh, have you been to the beauty supply? Oh, have you gone to beauty supply warehouse? Is that the one in North Park? Yep. <laughs> the only one that we all go to together. Right. And back on my Mustang, like how I get dragged to the beauty supply all the time. But I don't know if you saw IG, but they're putting black beauty supply products. They're going to have like a beauty supply shop in Mom in Middle Muir. Uh, through like that. black like water uh the work of people like jada who was on the podcast for the episode one black beauty near you uh ucsd is on the come up like they, i talk about this with another guest but i mean i feel like just reminiscing on ucsd is kind of the chit chat part of the podcast but they got tarjay on campus i can't get over i was talking to vicky about that like wait wait what you didn't know ucsd had a target on campus now no no yes ucsd got a target on campus where is this so quick, quick UCSD geography for the podcast listeners. I apologize. Um, at UCSD, you have Library Walk and the you know where the bookstore is. So they put the bookstore all on the first floor, and the second floor is like a it's a mini Target, but it's low key big as hell in there. Like because they got everything that you, like I really can't imagine going to college with this Target on campus because they got your home stuff like the if you need to go buy like a little like shoe organizer they got that they got the grocery section they got the black skincare products and the black hair products they got video games board games i'm like how can i go i saw somebody buy a ps5 on our campus there's no way like can you can you imagine and this is why when it comes to like things that make college matter and what people need to talk about like student retention if you got a target on campus that's you're keeping me here another day with that target on campus facts you're also taking all of my financial aid though so that could have been to my benefit Ah, uh, good old UC San Diego. But while we're on the topic uh you are one of many guests to this podcast who I met 
had the pleasure of meeting at UC San Diego. So talk to our listeners a little bit about how you, what was that journey from LA and how you ended up to San Diego at UCSD? It was so different. So different. I think going back to what you were saying about you thought there would be more similarities, just the simple the simple fact of cleanliness. San Diego is so much cleaner out there. The air is so much more clear. Every time I would come back to LA, I would get sick just because mm-hmm. the air was here. Um, the streets are wider. You have more room to actually drive on the street. Just basic things that you don't have to think about every day. You start having to think about when you go out there. But I think my experience at UCSD was great. I mean, I was part of the Black Student Union, but I was also part of the Filipino org on campus. I was also an RA. I was also in Associated Students. So I got a lot of different experiences, and I feel like I got twice as much um, variety in the people that I met, the types of people I met. How do you, I learned how to talk to people. I learned that you, the same way I talk to this person, I can't talk to this one. It goes back to code switching, but also just, the thing, the different things that I would learn in those different spaces. And I felt like I was getting therapy almost 24 seven mm-hmm. because thing kind of had most of the things where I was in had a cultural aspect or mm-hmm. had a point of learning or, you know, just something that was super different that I thought was strange at first, but it wasn't really strange. It's just that I wasn't exposed to it before. So I think my experience was great, you know, not 100% of the time great, but I think everything that I learned at UCSD helped me become the person that I am today and helps me navigate situations. It also had to do with why I became, um, why I got into psychology. It's also Mm -hmm. why I got into event production. So I didn't realize it at the time, but all of that contributed to who I am now and what I got to do and what I got to experience and who I got to meet. There's so much there to touch on. I think one of the things I forgot you were involved in KP. And I think the listeners, when they listen to episode How with Powell, they got to hear a little bit about KP. And even with uh, Cam, uh, he talked about KP. But what led you to want to be a part of KP? And what did KP mean for you during your time at UCSD? So when I started at UCSD, I was full force BSU, Black Student Union. The only thing I see, I'm not skipping nothing. Like BSU is church. We don't skip general body meetings. But um, I started working at Spaces. And then a lot of people who worked at Spaces were in KP and they were so happy. And, you know, they had all these fams and it just seemed like a very welcoming space. It didn't matter if I wasn't Filipino. They were just so welcoming. And um, I just enjoyed being part of a, um and away from home home I enjoyed Mm. having family I enjoyed having a big I enjoyed having a little when I got my little it's just a really nice experience to be built up with so much love and it was also my outlet where I didn't have to always be in a mindset of learning it was a lot of the you know they we do learn a lot and they do teach a lot but I also got to have fun and just you know do different things and have different activities with my fam. Uh, We got to do stuff outside of KP. Like, oh, our fam is going to go to dinner. We're going to go to dinner, but we don't have to do it through KP to do it. I love that. So you have your community of BSU, you have your community in KP. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about just how do your day-to-day at UCSD? Because I feel like you had a very 
specific UCSD brand. Like you were the dancer, the vegetarian, you would walk anywhere. You would walk to Hawaii if you could. And you love chewing on some ice. Like those are the pillars of the Alexis brand. Like those are those are your marketing principles. Like if we was forming a value proposition right now, those four things would have to be included. So uh where where do we want to start with there? Let's start with let's start with dance because the last episode or two episodes ago of the Make Hall I interviewed Vicky. And when I think of two people who love to dance at UCSD, it was you and Vicky. So where did your let's start with where your love for dance started? Okay, so we'll take it back to seven years old. Okay. Uh, the first dance class I ever took um was tap. So I they laced them shoes up for me, and that was the first class I ever took. Loved it. After that, I think I took a ballet class. You know, I didn't love it because I've always been pigeon-toed, so that was not second nature to me. But I had a full day of dance class. So I had jazz. I had West African. I even took like the Chinese dance class where we had to act like a tree. I mean, full day of basically like just happiness. And I think ever since I was a kid, I had a really hard time communicating my thoughts out loud. And having dance was the first time that I got to express myself and I didn't have to use words. I didn't have to know mm. how to use my words. It was just, these are my movements. You can feel what I'm saying and I don't have to say it. So that's where it came from. Um, and then it just kind of built and I just got really good at it. I got really good at performance and it just followed me. And so when I started at UCSD, I had this weird major because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I just I wasn't interested. Yeah. And then we had, um, what is it when they speak at the beginning of the year for the new people? I will say, when is it when they speak? That could literally be anything. Um, what is it called? Convocation? Some made up. Yeah, it sounds made up, but yeah, it's convocation. It was that. And the guy from, what's the show? Venus and Butthead. How are you going to ask me the details of your story? <laughs> Right, because you wasn't there. But I think that's the name of the show. I don't really watch it, but I know what it is. And he basically said, if you're doing what you love, the money will find you. And that day, I switched my major to dance. Mm. I didn't care what anybody else wanted me to be. My mom wanted me to be um, like in accounting. My grandfather wanted me to be a pilot. My grandma wanted me to be a doctor. So when I got to college, it was like, I don't know what to do. But then that day I switched and everybody in college thought it was cool. Like everybody was like, I've cool never met hell. a dance major. Like, oh. still the only dance major I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a flex. <laughs> so that's where it came from. And it just kind of persisted. And then I started to actually learn about dance. I think that was the turning point is you're not just learning choreography. Now you're learning about dance. You're learning about choreography. You're learning where these different styles came from. You're learning how to manipulate time, space, and energy. You're learning. So when I did my project uh, for basically like your senior thesis, kind of, it was a 10-minute project. And I there's no way I could have created something as great as I did if I didn't have those fundamental classes, if I didn't have those you know, brainstorming sessions and all of that type of stuff. So it still lives with me. And I take, I try to take dance class every week at Playground LA um, on Fridays at 4.30. I try to do it every week. Shameless plug. Yeah. 
they better pay me for an advertisement if we're gonna be talking about them like that. No free ads on this podcast. <laughs> uh no, but that's dope. Yeah, I I literally like like I knew people dance, I knew people did tap or ballet or whatever. But once you was like, oh, I'm majoring in dance, I was like, oh, okay. But I think that it's so important that you talk about like what that experience is like, like learning about dance and the history of dance. Um, because I think dance is definitely as a preacher of the choir here, but more so talking to the listeners, uh, dance is definitely one of those majors where at Thanksgiving, you got to like prepare the speech about why you, why did I choose right. this major? It's like, and I, any parents listeners, especially parents that got college kids, like, please let your child like explain what they actually study in. Because they so quick to dance. What you gonna do a dance? You gonna make no money dancing? What you just about to be out in the streets crumping? Like, no, like that's exactly. <laughs> that's not what it is. That's not what I it did is. Have, have those conversations so many times. Every time I came home, it was like, uh, I'm gonna have to dread this conversation. So it's exactly what you said. What you uh, it's what it was, which is so funny because when as soon as I would get back to campus, everybody's like, "What? You can major in that? That's so cool!" Oh, I wish I was a dance major, and I'm like, "Well, I wish I could do math. We can't do it all." Hey, that's so real of you to say, but I think it's because like when you're with people who have that shared experience and you're on a college campus, it's like the students get it, especially the students who don't have like not that they don't have the courage, but it's hard for them to choose a major that their family wouldn't approve of. Cause it's plenty of people who was in them computer science classes that they're like, man, like my real passion is dance, but I'm a computer science major because I need the money or that's what my parents want me to do. So when you hear somebody's like pursuing something they're actually interested in, it's like, yo, like I'm rooting for you. Like you doing something cool. Like you're choosing you. So I definitely think that with majors, either that people have no idea what they are, or don't think you can make money with, I feel like sometimes those are the most fulfilling classes that you can have because it's like, no, I'm not doing this because I know there's a job out there for me for this. I know that this is an alignment with who I am. And I definitely think that if, like I said, it's part of the Lexus brand. Like I know that you, you're probably the most passionate person about dance that I know. Um, and that's not to slight anybody listen to this podcast. Somebody probably listens right now. Like, man, I love dance. Kyler don't even know, <laughs> but I think that you you put respect on a dance major in my head, so I could definitely give you credit for that. Thank you. I think another thing, too, is dance class is when I learned that you can critique something positively without liking it. I think that just blew my mind. Like, you know, it's more to being a critic than what people think. It's not just, oh, did I like the taste of the food or not? No, it's how was the texture? If I related it back to dance, it's, I could think the dance was just absolutely horrible. I hated everything about it. But when you actually start to critique it and not think about what you liked, it's like, okay, I love the textures. I love the use of the space. I love the levels that they use when they were dancing. They danced upstage. They danced downstage. They got on the floor. The lighting was superb. Like they used different color lighting. Um, they use the use of um, immersing the audience in to the performance. Yeah, act on what was done. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that when it comes to that level of criticism, I think that's where you can really understand like who are the people who truly appreciate art because 
I look at the same as with like movies. Like there's a lot of movies out there I've seen where I'm like, I get it. I understand why people like it. I don't like it, but I can understand like what is good about it. Like what is fundamentally good about this movie. And we was even just talking about this before I started recording. Uh, but on the day that we're recording this, I went to go see the Super Mario Brothers movie and it was it was great. Like, I don't think it's going to win an Oscar for screenwriting, but like, was I having a good time watching Jack Black voice Bowser? Like, yeah, like he did a hell of a job. Like, was the movie like just beautiful, like color wise? And I just really appreciate those things about the movie. But I know there's some hater out there is like, yeah, well, the story's dumb. Like, why? Why is this hat red? Like, bro, it's a Mario movie. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, but that's so dope that you, that is something that was part of your dance being something that was part of your academic experience, part of that self-care routine for you and something that you still uh, make time for. Like, I think there was a period of time like where I always like click through stories on Instagram and it's like, oh, Alexis dancing. And it's like some of the times it'd be like you. And I don't think there was that many black people in the video. So it's just like, oh, Alexis just killing it in the front. <laughs> And you could you giving like 250% energy, people next to you, they they giving low 92%, 88% energy, but you like, nah, I'm a professional. Like, watch me. You give you give watch me energy on your on your IG story, and I think you know it. I yeah, I do. <laughs> That's the point. I like I said, I'm a performer. So I'm, you're gonna get a performance. Uh this is why people hate artists. Everything's a damn performance with y'all, like. <laughs> So, like, it's a question that I'm only 50% serious about, but, like, when you're just generally walking, are you, like, consciously, like, nah, like, let me let me hit this little one, two, three, four with these steps so people know. Did I just call you out? Your eyes got big. I mean, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, but sometimes I just be walking, you know? Like, sometimes I don't want people to see me. If it, if I'm having a bad hair day or I just got some slides and sweats on, no, don't look at me, please. <laughs> but when it's time to show out, I'm going to show out. I feel that. I don't know. I think you kind of start talking about with this kind of an L.A. energy. It's like, yeah, like my default, you're going to sweat, a little hoodie on. But when it's time, like I know where the Hollywood, I know where the red carpet's at. I'll be ready for the red carpet. Maybe I think we have our... I'm going to call it the secret society of the sweats because I feel like it's people like me, <laughs> you, Judah, where it's like every day on campus, you're going to catch us in some comfy sweats, oh, a yeah. nice hoodie. But when we when BSU throw the prom, because didn't you, you threw hey. the BSU prom, right? I did. Yeah. See, it had to be some. That's so you. I was you threw a prom. <laughs> Let, let's that's going to be the next question. So. You threw black to prom. You wanted to have BSU get all dressed up, suited and booted, and go back to prom. What what was the thought process of putting on a prom? Because I think that's such a unique event for a college age group. And I think that those are the type of the types of events I talk to like prospective students and current students about where it's like, yeah, we didn't really like, yeah, you like our college experience wasn't perfect, but sometimes people just want to get dressed up and dance around so we we planned a ball so what was it like planning BSU's first prom it was fun it was fun but I also think back from then to now I'm like 
you were literally doing event production and you didn't even know it. Like you literally you didn't even, even know it. it. I think that experience was fun. One, because it was the first ever. Two, because it was centered around black people. Um, with y'all could come if y'all want. This for us, but feel free to come if you want. Um, so I like the vibe because when I went to high school, my school wasn't predominantly black. Like there were mm. black people there. It was um just the music at my prom it wasn't jumping like it just wasn't jumping and i also know that a lot of people didn't make it to prom a lot of people just kind of you know depending on how the tables turn didn't have the opportunity or didn't have the money so i'm like you know it's lit we can well i don't actually don't even think i was drinking it i was gonna say we could drink now but that may not have been true but it was just a nice experience. Like we're more a little more grown now. Let's have a good time, but get dressed up. Cause no other event was having us dress up like that, especially not for BSU. I mean, we had the Kwanzaa celebration in Black Grad. Yeah. But like, when can you wear a gown just to wear a gown? I was gonna get one more use out of that prom dress. Not the one more use out the prom dress. I'm pretty sure. No, I think I had a different suit than I wore to prom. I rented a tuxedo for prom. But yeah, man, like I, I think that when it comes to just surviving the college experience and really forming community, it's stuff like that that I look back on. Like those were the reasons why it made those Monday meetings worth it. Because it's like we're going to go to war with each other. We're going to support each other. But we also going to celebrate each other and have a good time. Um but I really want to kind of transition to talk about a little bit about where you're at now and kind of highlight something you just mentioned about you were already doing event production as a student. Because I think when we look at part-time work or first jobs as students or volunteer work in leadership positions and student organizations in college environments, I think we don't really give ourselves enough credit for all that we're able to accomplish. So uh, was when did event production and just events in general become a passion for you or something that you're interested in pursuing? Um, funny enough, it was after I started grad school. So that was kind of annoying because I had already put money down and I had already like got through, I think, two semesters of school and was like, you know what? I actually really like event production too. Um but that journey kind of just, it just kind of happened. Like I, I applied to some jobs and then I got one and then it happened to be on Mount Olympus, like way up in the hills. And I was like, oh, I love this. Oh, I absolutely love this. The first event that I did, Tiffany Haddish was there, I think shooting a movie right before we started our event. Um, and all these people came and we had a red carpet and it was super like low key, but you kind of had to know about it. But I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. And I've always been good at admin work, which kind of translated to logistics. Um, when I was working at Spaces, I did, you know, high school conferences and stuff like that. So I was already pretty good at doing all the logistics. But then when you started to put entertainment in the mix, mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, this is a wrap. I always knew I wanted to be in entertainment. I just didn't really know how. And that was my calling. I just love getting to know the vendors. And I don't love making the schedules, but I love making um, what's in your mind a reality. You say, As a client, mm. say, oh, I want to have a tiger. Well, let me figure out how to get you a tiger at this party. 
You want to land talking? on the roof? You working with Mike Tyson? <laughs> Not yet. Okay, Let's speaking into existence. Right. That's really cool, though. I think that when I, once again, it was Alexis the dancer on the IG story, and then it's Alexis freaking Hollywood red carpet VIP members only triple platinum status events. It's like, yo, like, where are you? It's just the most LA like lifestyle. Like, uh, now there's this ice sculpture in the back of Alexis story. Uh, red carpet, all the spotlights. Oh, private guests, VIP. We at this mansion in the hills. Like, dang, like, what the hell do you do? But also, when do you rest? Because you be on a grind when it comes to the event. So talk a little bit more about just because you talk about being good at the logistics, but just because you're good at it doesn't mean that it's not very complex and tough work. So kind of talk about what that hustle and bustle and the grind of being an event production person looks like. Okay. It's funny you should say that because my day one, Anaya, to this day has no idea what I do. She sent me a video the other day talking about, you know, you can ask me this about my friend. You can ask me how long she's been here. I don't know what she does, but... (laughs) I basically start from conception into making it a reality. So what that looks like is first, you're going to tell me what, what do you even want? What are we doing? What brand is this? Cause I've worked with brands um, at my company and they basically come to us with an idea and then you go through rounds, you go through creative rounds of like, oh, this is what we're thinking about. This is um the scope of work. This is what we want the design elements to look like. Once you figure that out, you have to figure out what can we actually do with your budget? If your budget is only 150K, you may have to shave down some things. It's just not going to work. However, we're not going to tell you no. We're going to say this is the alternative. You may not have a spinning ceiling, but maybe we can get you some LED lights or, you know, a spinning floor, depending on how quick, Like quick time, what the hell is a spinning ceiling? I'm just, you know, just anything whatever you want like people say some really out there things that would have to do with like rigging and stuff but that's a whole different thing (laughs) you know when you like like i'm not like i'm i i make enough money i'm not broke but when i hear stuff like spinning ceiling isn't even anything i think i can fathom (laughs) being able to spend money on like if i'm thinking about an event i'm like i'm just assuming the ceiling stationary like (laughs) And see, this is what I mean when I talk about following you on Instagram, because it's like you're just I just assume you're next to somebody rich and famous and important. And part of that is one of my favorite things about like black people and people in community. We go hype. We hyping you all the way up. We hear about you doing like the most minor thing. It's like, oh, no, I heard Alexis. They call her when Joe Biden came to town. She planned a whole They was calling me doctor for a year before I said I didn't want to do that. When I all through grad school, everybody's like, Alexis is the doctor. I'm like, not quite, but thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and I want to make sure we leave some time to talk about the grad school experience and that other part of your passion too. But uh, you mentioned like budgeting and like people having these grand ideas of what they want to do in like a perfect world. I think people always have a 
great ability to paint a very vivid picture of their most idealized vision. And I think part of the success or the fun of being an event manager, uh, part of that is making as much of that vision a reality for those clients. Um, what can you do for $20? <laughs> $20? <laughs> so I yeah, guess we're uh, Dollar Tree. Uh, yeah, all right. You got twenty dollar budget, and you need to throw me my twenty seventh birthday party this month. Damn. Which what, what you doing at Dollar Tree? How how you making my vision a reality? I want a spinning ceiling. Shit, I could get you a spinning disco ball. Okay, we'll yeah, deal with that. Hang it know, on the ceiling. Hang it on the ceiling, and then just have that shit spin. Um, and then we can get you some candles to set okay. the vibe. The vibe's um, only going to last for 10 seconds with them Dollar Tree candles. I know. And then we're going to get the little dollar ice creams and the dollar snacks because there's no party without a snack. And then we just going to play music off your phone. Damn, my phone? We can't afford a DJ? I don't think we can afford a DJ. But maybe we could have them sponsor it. Mm. See? There you Before. go. See? You be spending game at people. I know when they you be in the meetings <laughs> with the budget, it's like, hey, we can get these sponsors. So I know that the Lakers are on your phone line. I know that Marvel is probably calling you up, like trying to get events planned and whatnot. I just want to make sure where can I send my resume for when you make it like big, big, big. Like, where how do I keep in contact with you when with you when you forget about the little people? Oh wow. Our relationship is so good. You won't have to send a resume. How about that? Say I'm happy to see we're not editing that out the podcast. That's gonna be <laughs> in the podcast trailer. I need everybody to know. I'm gonna use this in court one day. I'm asking I'm gonna ask you for a million dollars to be like on this day on this podcast, she said at 9 16 p.m. 9 16 p.m. past my bedtime. You made a commitment that you're going to get me in the Hollywood rooms. I'm here for it. Hey, I'm here for it, too. Like, I love I love working with the kids in education, but. <laughs> you need a break. Nah, me... Hey, we can't say that on a podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, shit. What the listeners didn't see, uh, we had a top secret conversation while the recording was paused. Uh, we just got a contract from the Los Angeles Lakers. No, I'm just kidding. I just had to sneeze really bad, so I had to pl- had to pause the recording. Uh, but you was ready to rock with the live. I, I saw the little signature thing. <laughs> but we talked about events, and we've alluded to your master's program a little bit. And I think another facet of your life, because you just you have way too many hats, even just thinking about the questions I could ask you on a podcast, you wear a lot of hats. Maybe this episode is going to be called Alexis and the Seven Hats. Like, you know, they got Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Alexis and the Legend of the Ten Hats, because you be doing some things Um, in your copious free time. You decided to get a master's. You were part of the the legacy of people who over the last few years was like, you know, the world sucks right now. I'm going to go get in debt and get yeah. another degree. Right. That part. So, so let the people know what, what did you get your master's in and why did you decide to initially pursue the master's? I got my master's in clinical psychology and I initially got it 
or I initially wanted to get it because I also had like my mini crisis after graduation was what do I do? And the other route, aside from saying, oh my gosh, I've been doing event production this whole time was, oh my gosh, I've been doing therapy this whole time. <laughs> I was an RA, I was in BSU. So when I was a, uh, what, internal vice chair, I was having all the one-to-ones. When you're an RA, you're putting out fires all the time for, for what I call my kids. They were all first years. So, you know, we had a really good relationship. We got really close. I had open door policy pretty much all the time whenever they needed anything. Um, and then I was in KP. So I had, when I had my little, you know, I, I also had one-to-ones and then I worked at Spaces. So I had the people that I was working with and one-to-ones with them. So I was just having one-to-ones all over the place. And you didn't even mention being an ATC. I forgot about that. Yes, I was also in ATC. An academic so, transition uh, counselor meeting one-to-one with students going through their first year at college. So, like I said, copious free time. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's pretty much what made me realize I like I could help people. I help people all the time. I'm pretty much doing therapy now. Why not learn how to actually do therapy for real? So I thought I was good at it. Let's just go ahead and do it. And I did it. And also, I think Jazzy had a lot to deal with that. Jazzy has to do with everything for everybody. But she's <laughs> the first person that I looked up to. She's my first, you know, mentor. She's the first person that I'm like, I really want to be like her. I didn't have a role model before her. So I feel like it was my chance to give back. It was my chance to show people, you know, you can show emotion you can talk through your emotions without just getting mad, blowing up and walking off. That used to be my issue. So which also is the reason why I like to dance because I didn't have to fight anybody. I didn't have to get vis- visibly mad and not know why I was mad. I didn't have to take out my emotions on somebody else. So being able to just support young girls, usually I had girls. Um, I had all girls when I was in ATC and then I had a mix when I was an RA. Um, just being able to show them that you can grow in a healthy way. You can express yourself in a healthy way. And you can talk to, if nobody else, you can talk to me. Um, and I'm not going to judge you for it. So then I learned more about how the brain works and the psychology of everything. And then I started having real clients um, when I was doing my practicum. So it was just a nice experience. And through that experience, I learned a lot about myself. You wouldn't think so, but psychology has has to do a lot with event production i mean you got to deal with vendors energies you got to deal with the clients energies you got to deal with people thinking things are personal if people are slacking in their job and they're on your team you have to deal with that but how do you convey your message in a way that's received so that they can still do their job and not shut down yeah and i'm so happy that you brought that up because i wanted to tie that together too just with how even if you're not necessarily doing the exact career that you might have intended when you started uh, master's in psychology, the psychology of events is a whole academic space within itself. Like I think that it's can't go overstated how important the questions are when you are on that onset of planning out a revamp production, because like you said, what is the brand that we're going for? Because if you give me one answer, it's going to be a completely different event than if you give me another answer. If this is the donors 
banquet when we have a bunch of millionaires here and we're trying to raise money for an important cause that's a lot different than a hey, we just want an oscar and we're trying to turn up after the oscars uh when it comes to what type of food you want to say all of this is an experience that people are having and i think that you having that background in dance that background in psychology uh, all of that can really play a role in just how you're able to be such an ex- successful person in an event space so i'm happy that you already have that recognition as well yeah thank you it's been a good it's been a good time it's been a big learning experience and you know it may it looks nice on instagram and stuff but it's a lot of work like it's it's a lot of work it's a lot of long hours i've had some not so great days i haven't succeeded all the time you know i I think you see one side of it, but there's a lot that goes into it that people don't see. And I'm growing every day just as much as anybody else. I mean, I've had moments where I felt like I wanted to give up in, in event production. And that doesn't really sound like a thing, but it's it's a real thing. It's like, I want to give up. I can't do this. Like, it's too much. But, you know, it's all about how you bounce back. And that's how I know I love it because... Mm. I've hit a breaking point and I, that could have been the moment where I was like, you know what, this is just not for me, but I use that fuel to push me farther and be like, but I want this. I'm frustrated, but I'm not frustrated because I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because I want to do better. And when I'm Mm. frustrated because I want to do better, that I know that that's because I want to do it though. So I think it's been, it's definitely been a journey, but I've, I've had a really great supervisor. I've had some not so great supervisor, but everybody has been a part of my learning experience and I kind of just take that and move forward. And I know how to deal. I just know how to talk to people. Now I know how, who, who to talk to and how to talk to them because you can't talk to everybody the same. Yeah, you definitely cannot. And I think even going back to the initial part of our conversation about Los Angeles being like the hub of the melting pot, like there's so many different people you're going to be interacting with in the event capacity, like, I mean, you just kind of threw out there that one of the events you did, Tiffany Haddish was there. Like, that's a sentence that some people can't even fathom when they think of just the celebrity of these people. And especially in this social media culture that we're in and just how you only get snapshots into a lot of these events, people don't even see or think about all that goes into just making this sometimes 30-minute event happen or this 30-minute spotlight. So I think it's important just for you to be able to share your story just all the thought that goes into it because as someone who was an event coordinator just on a college campus people people love talking about like how an event should go they don't ever think about how the event's gonna get there it's just like oh yeah let's do this next week it's like next week i haven't even talked to the caterers (laughs) i don't even know if we have money right and like how we how we just we just gonna do this event like you don't even you don't even know where it's gonna be at people just think rooms appear out of nowhere people don't know that capacities exist parking getting a guest list like yeah they got to put some respect on the profession so yeah i'm happy that you're here putting a little bit of respect on there that's also the reason why sometimes I like to show the back end of events. I mean, I'm not going to show the drama and all of that because yeah. I'm not working if I'm showing you drama, but I'm going to show you sometimes like here's a progress pick or here's, here's the crates. Nothing's even out of the crates yet. Y'all get to see the ugliness of this. This is what it takes to set up um, a trade show booth, but everything is in a box. Mm. So everything had to come from somewhere. 
somebody had to fabricate those pieces. We had to get engineers to do that. You had to create that in a non-real space. The, you know, the design team had to do that. All those prints that you see, the graphic design team had to do that. So I think it's nice that everybody gets to see the glamour of events, but sometimes it's nice to show, oh, here's some, this is some paper on the floor. Here's some stuff kind of just thrown all over the place. But then after this is what it looks like. People don't know that, you know, you have to do budgets and then here's a guest list. Oh, but five people are not coming. Oh, we have a place, but now we have ADA, but this place doesn't accommodate ADA, which is an issue or, oh, you know, uh, we can't switch where the DJ booth is or, oh, this DJ dropped out. Oh, we don't have a certificate of insurance for this person. Nobody sees any of that. So it's nice to kind of just bring that to life. But I think there's also some, there's a niceness about the mystery behind it as well. It's an art in itself. I kind of got PTSD with some of the like things you would say, like moving to DJ, because it's always like, all right, everything's in place. Like, oh, can this be over here? No, can't be over here. We start in five. <laughs> okay, that too. So going off that, people don't realize that sometimes this stuff takes months. Sometimes you get months. Sometimes you get two weeks. It's a big difference. But even as much planning as goes into it, it's not going to go 100% how you thought. Like, oh, all of a sudden, now it's going to rain. Do you have a rain plan? What's the rain plan? Now, where do people going to eat? Okay, well, I don't want to hear the problem. I want to hear the solution. So we're going to move everybody inside for the lunch. And then we're going to do the activity upstairs, even though that was supposed to be the back of house. You got to make sound, it work. You sound like an event production manager. Like, <laughs> I, I hear it in your voice. I know that your crew, they be on it because they... They know it. It's like, nah, Alexa said this needs to be here. We we gotta we gotta get this here. That's wonderful. Wow, you're speaking my it's not often I talk to events people, so it's like you're speaking the language and I love it. Um, but I think the last thing I want to talk about just with regards to what you do is just what's I, I even hate asking like what's the big picture, because I think the big picture can always evolve and change over time and even next steps, like you don't know where your next steps necessarily are, but when you look at just where you came from and where you'd like to go, like we mentioned, like you have the dance, you got psychology, uh, the leadership experience that you've had, uh, you got the masters. I got to go to your graduation, one of the most propaganda patriarchal <laughs> field <laughs> graduation ceremonies I'd have ever been to. Honestly, like we this we're gonna have a quick graduation tangent. Because I think that one of the greatest, I don't know if it was a tweet or meme or whatever, but somebody mentioned just how much graduations suck. And I don't think I ever really experienced that until I came all the way to Pepperdine just to support your graduation. So I was like, yo, I don't care about <laughs> none of this. You got people. The bagpipes. Bag they, they had the bagpipe national anthem. I swear, I think they did like the Pledge of Allegiance or something. I was like, officer speak. I think. Yeah, they had a police officer speak, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna go check out the view and lay on the grass until I hear them get closer to to the E section of the last names and the master's degrees. Yeah, that was a time. So I really appreciate you coming because I didn't even want to be there. If they had a BSU one, like I, I would have been there, but they didn't. <laughs> And I could tell you didn't want to be there because you pulled up to the graduation the same time I did. I parked right behind you. Yeah, I was two hours late to the call time, but 
I made it. They should and be blessed. As an events person, can you imagine if your star didn't come two hour till two hours after the call time? You would have a heart attack. I would have a heart attack, but I would expect it. Yeah, it's a graduation ceremony. I'm putting the extras <laughs> on it. But as you look at where you've come and where you hope to go, what do you hope to be able to say about yourself as an events person or whatever you hope the next evolution of Alexis is? I just want people to say she did her thing. Like I'm trying mm. to build an empire and I want to be known as being, you know, fun, but also detail oriented. I want to be known that, you know, I can have a time, but I get my shit done. And I, I, I just know how to code switch. I know how to switch from, the psychology brain to the dance brain to the events brain and when I can merge those together so I think it's definitely an art but my next phase of life is just I want to master my craft this is the first time that I've really wanted to master a craft but I want to master my craft in event production and I want to keep dance as my sacred space to just be who I want to be and express myself when I'm stressed because I don't have a lot of time um for myself so I'm trying to make that time but I just want I want to build and I want to build an empire I want an empire that's okay. the next stage <laughs> okay Emperor Palpatine sheesh <laughs> got Darth Vader on a podcast real quick I want an empire Ew. if listeners if y'all some Jedi with some lightsabers out there we might need to get ready for Alexis because she really emphasizes this empire nah I'm I'm, I'm not you doubling down on it um but honestly i fuck with the energy like that's that's the type of energy that i like being surrounded by because and i think you and i casually talk about or joke about this sometimes too but it's like nah like if y'all cool with being mediocre that's cool right i I don't want no mediocre nope i'm coming for next we going heads we we're stepping on next. Like I want the top, right? Show show me the top, and you do, but yeah, you it's cool. Like it's a nice view down here, but I heard there's better upstairs. I'm right. going upstairs, and it's one of my friends. She tweeted that uh, no matter what, she's always gonna have like three percent elitism in her, and I feel like that's my three percent talking sometime. But I I understand the energy. Um. And that's just beautiful. Like, I think that that's what keeps me driven with doing podcasts sometimes, too. It's like, nah, like, y'all might not see the full picture, but I'm trying to build an empire. And once the empire is complete, I want y'all to be able to look back and be like, damn, like, Alexis is this billion-dollar event production manager. What is she doing on some random podcast episode in <laughs> April 2023? And it's like, yeah, I've been peeped. Like, this is when people look back, they're going to pull up this video and be like, dang, like she really let this guy just interview her like for free. Hell yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Like it's, it's, the, it's the tribe. Like it's the, the, the secret sweat society. Exactly. You make time to make time. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, I love it. This is giving me the energy I need. Um, So I'll be rooting for your empire. And then of course, if you need a marketing person, if you need an agent, if you need a, a speech writer, you need a PR person, I got you. All of that. Although and the so, PR spot is taken. Okay, my bad. 
Who's the PR spot taken by? My best friend. Okay, okay. I'll get some respect to the best friend. You, I like stepped on his hood territory when you said that. Like, I already got a PR person. But you can be the marketing hey, and, everything else, and everything in between. We're going to have to start talking a good salary if we talk about everything in between. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. You should get paid <laughs> what you're worth. You got to get paid because we don't work for free. We do not work for free. That if they're listeners, if there's anything taken away from this podcast, we we way, way past the work for free stages. Like I was having a conversation with one of my old colleagues, and he was like, Yeah, like people like you, like y'all are beyond the days of being behind the table. I'm like, thank you. Like, yes, I'm I'm not. No, nah, we 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 we're moving on now. Like y'all could keep doing the stuff down here, but we're moving on to bigger and better. So I think we've caught up a few times since the pandemic started and I've shared like a little bit about wanting to be more into film and like eventually writing like my own screenplay. So uh, I think that before we get into kind of the closing topics with regards to self-care, when I have my first Hollywood superhero production and we're throwing the red carpet event, which you will be planning, I, I, like we're going to put on your schedule once we get a date, but you're, you'll be planning that. Um, and before we start recording, you mentioned like questions I'm gonna just hit you on a spot with. I think this is a question I've been waiting for. I want you on the spot to plan the Kyler Nathan red carpet premiere Ooh. of the untitled superhero movie. What, what's what's the, what's the vibes? You can ask you can ask questions if you want, but I'm, I'm trying to put you on the spot, put the event production person on the spot, person who knows me well. What's the vibes at the red carpet premiere? I'm going to have to say we need to have a black carpet. A black carpet. I I like the vision already. And and I'm thinking either purple, you know, as an ode or blue up lights. Okay. Behind the carpet. Okay. And then I'm thinking not too many, like this is an exclusive party. So you can oh, like, absolutely photographers. Like that's it. And then not really no photography really should be taken, but we'll do we'll do the Getty professional pictures. And that's mm-hmm. you know, that's it. You get into the party, it's gotta be soul food off mm. the rip. Off the rip. But to make it more elevated, we could have we could have something tray past. I'd be down for a trade pass, um, hors d'oeuvre, and salt food hors d'oeuvres. Maybe. I'm I'm rocking with the, I'm rocking with the vibes you got me so far. I would I would I would hire you so far. Okay, I'm kind of feeling a fog machine at some point, just because. Okay. So, so either that could be when you step in there, because it also depends on if you if you gonna make an appearance. Or if you just gonna be in the crowd, which honestly I see you more of that than a fog machine person. But we could have the fog and we could have entertainment with the fog instead of it with you. What do you think? I peep all the visions so far. I will say that I do understand that I come off I, me today. Yes, I'm more than a crowd person. But if this is my like, if this is my Hollywood moment. I'm coming out of that fog machine on this. I'm making an (laughs) appearance like this is an original black superhero movie 
the premiere of i'm for sure coming out with the fog it might be some blue fog i don't even know yeah it's gotta be blue fog now <laughs> it's gotta be we got some cocktail tables but off, obviously we have a dance floor too okay off to the side and then we definitely have to have like your book okay shameless plug. plug somewhere if we have a booth or something on the side, we could do that and they could mm. purchase that. Additional income. I like this. Make exactly. the money back. And then we're going to have um, screens that project you as the superhero. Oh, I'm in the movie too. Yeah. So we have to do, we have to do it up and then we need party favors. So I don't know what you're going to want for party favors, but you definitely have to leave this party with something. Absolutely. I like this. Not not no weird shit. Like really like I'ma use this. This is gonna remind me of Kyler every time I wake up. Or damn, that party was great last night. Like people okay. are gonna be like I should have been there. So we're gonna the budget isn't really gonna go to the marketing because it's so exclusive. Yeah. But the marketing that is done could be personalized. Like maybe you get an invitation to your phone, like a personalized email that opens up into the invitation or something black invitation. I'm thinking if you get them sent in the mail, I'm thinking like gold embossing on black paper. You're hired. (laughs) I set the bar pretty high in my mind for what I would be impressed by, but on the spot for you to nail the aesthetic, like I rock with it. It's vision into reality now. Like, in the future, we're going to listen back to this episode and see what you just said. I'm sure it will evolve from there, but we're on the spot, 9.30, 9.40 p.m. on a Thursday. You're hired. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> and you just started cooking, too. Like, I feel like you was about to really go there, but no, nah, I'm there. I guess follow-up questions, where, where are we at? What's Definitely the venue? Um, no, of course. But since we're doing, I'm thinking, have you heard of 71 Above? I have not. 71 Above. Let's hit the Googles. It's in LA and, or it might be in Beverly. I don't know. But uh, it's like, I think on like the 15th floor and you get a 360 view. I don't know why I assumed it would be on the 71st floor. Or that. Yeah, it's a 71st floor. 71st. Because duh, that's <laughs> so like nah. Like when you was like fifteenth floor, I got so disappointed. I was like, why the hell is it called seventy one above? So yeah, the only problem with that venue is that I. It's nice that it's circular, but you can't dance like in the middle because that's mm. where the elevators are. That's the only issue. But if it wasn't there. We would have to rent out someplace and just like really do it up. I don't always like drape, pipe and drape, but we could do a pipe and drape to make that work. We could even do this in a warehouse and just like fabricate the shit out of it. I peep the vision. All right, shit. I'm like I said, you're hired. Like we get we get the contract going at your current prices today. <laughs> and save it for later. 
Yeah, it's like a extended IOU. Um, <laughs> but no, we're gonna make it happen. So uh, thank you for walking me through that. I don't care if the listeners enjoyed you walking through that or not. I'm hooked. I it's my event. Like if you mad at that description, then you probably ain't getting an invitation because that's <laughs> hot. Right. You a player. Player hater. Um, but we talked a lot about all that you do, and there's even more stuff that you do that uh, we didn't give time for on the podcast. But I want to talk just about first. Let's talk about self care before we get into advice and kind of what you hope like people gain from watching your story and watching you grow as a person. So uh, obviously, in your role, like there's nights where you're up very late. There's nights where you're up very early trying to get stuff started for events. Like, and like you said, like just kind of sharing the story of kind of the messiness behind the scenes. Like I remember seeing your story sometimes with you dealing with the balloons or trying to get stuff in your car. Like the car, like don't look in an event coordinator car without permission. Like you don't need to know what goes on. Um, But when it comes to your self-care besides dance, what are some other things that you do to kind of ease such a busy event mind or just get yourself back on track when things get frustrating or difficult? So I never pretend to be perfect. That's one thing. Um, And I think that's a part that I do struggle. I do really consider myself a workaholic. Like I've just, I just like working. And I think initially that came from, again, not being able to express myself. And if I stay busy, I won't have to think about things. And those are things that I've worked through. But I think I've, I've just struggled with self-care. I've struggled with what do I like? What does self-care look like? Okay, I'm supposed to go to the spa, I guess. But like, is that, am I really enjoying it? Or am mm. I doing it because I think this is what self-care is? Mm. And so I've kind of just try, been trying to navigate what does self-care look like for me as an individual instead of what does society look at as self-care? So I think that transition has been hard because I love dance, but I think that you can be passionate about more than one thing, but also self-care doesn't always have to go back to that passion. Because what if I don't feel like dancing that day? Mm. What if dancing isn't bringing me the joy? Like, yes, I'm passionate about dance, but some days it's just not there. So I've really been trying to, one, work on my breathing. And I don't think people really understand the impact of deep breathing, like taking a moment. Because you can say like, oh, take five deep breaths. But did you actually take the five deep breaths? Mm -hmm. Like it takes just, a, you know, maybe 30 seconds to take a few um, deep breaths, but people don't actually do it. And if they do do it, a lot of people don't live in it. And so I've been working on living in those deep breaths. If I'm going to take a one minute just to take three deep breaths or five deep breaths or whatever, I'm living in that. I'm feeling every muscle in my body. I'm feeling the rise and fall of my stomach. I'm loosening my tongue on my throat. I'm relaxing my shoulders. I'm like letting my eyelids fall. I'm just really breathing in that moment. And when I get stressed, just take a few deep breaths. Even if I don't have time and I'm stressed out on site, take a few deep breaths. So I've even become so comfortable taking deep breaths that sometimes I have to be careful. Cause you know how sometimes you take deep breaths and then you sound like you're being, you're annoyed with somebody. Mm -hmm. So I've had to really be careful and just be mindful again 
of like my surroundings and how I'm taking these deep breaths, where I'm taking these deep breaths, and then why, how heavy am I breathing when I'm taking these deep breaths? So that's one thing that I've been doing for self-care. Um, and I've really, really been trying to get my nails done, like my hands and my feet. No, I try to get my feet done like every two weeks. Hands, if I get acrylics, I don't need to go every two weeks. But just taking the time to be like, you know what, I'm going to take this hour and just let somebody pay my toes. So I've been trying to be more intentional with that. Um, and I work from home now. So like getting out of the house when I can and not just staying so stationary because I could sit in one spot for eight hours and be like, dang, I didn't even eat lunch and it's 4 p.m. So trying to be more intentional with eating, trying to go to the gym more often. Um, those are kind of the things that I've been doing for self-care. And I try to make not make the list so long because I think when you make the list too long for self-care, you end up not doing anything. Right. So mastering and focusing on one thing has really been what I'm focused on right now. Wow, there's so many just great nuggets within all that you just shared. Um, a few that I wanted to highlight. One, I think just it's so beautiful the way that you framed not needing to fit a cookie cutter image of what self-care has to look like. Like, yes, dance is something that can be self-care for you. That doesn't mean that just any day you could just get up and go dance and every, all your problems go away. Nor is it possible for you to just always be able to dance like right when you need self-care the most. Uh, two, I think that idea of living in those deep breaths like I like the way that you frame that because like you said like when people think like oh just breathe people who are just too in that stress mind state in that fight or flight like they may not even think about how long that quote-unquote deep breath is and then all of a sudden they're still hyperventilating they're not really taking the time to breathe in as you started listening to all the things I was like dang like my tongue is on the roof of my mouth let me get my posture <laughs> straight let me let me wiggle around a little bit like when's the last time I did take a deep breath but I think it's important to have those mindful pauses and just realize how much control over our time that we have and that's something that I really like to remind myself of because even if you can only take a minute that's 60 seconds that you're intentionally taking and if you really s slow your mind down and think about like how long that 60 seconds can be for you and what it needs to be. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've been like in a high stress moment, planning an event or just doing general work or even in a classroom. And it's like, all right. Mm -hmm. And then things just slow down. And I really felt what you said about like people thinking that you like annoyed with a sigh. I'm like, you know, I am annoyed, but this isn't the like, Oh, like I'm annoyed. Sigh. This is the, let me, let me get here real quick. Let me get it together. Let me not turn into a monster. Let me do the deep breath thing. So I hope that our listeners really take a lot of nuggets from that self-care because self-care is so, so important. As you mentioned, and it's no secret to me, you can be a workaholic and you fully own that. And I don't necessarily even think that being a workaholic is inherently a bad thing like i don't think anything is like binary good and bad but i think it's important just to be cognizant of how fast you're moving or how fast you are on go um so it's really nice to just hear you kind of talk through all of that and what that means for you i was talking to a friend the other day and i said i think the stereotypical idea of work is that you don't like your job 
And so, you know, you have, they say that work is supposed to be here and your life is supposed to be here, but a lot of times your work is overtaking. And I guess my kind of question and my thinking process lately has been, well, how does that change when you're actually enjoy what you're doing and when you're passionate about your job? So like trying to maintain those boundaries of maybe I won't talk to people from work at midnight. Um, but when your work be- is your passion, is your life, I think things start to get intertwined a little bit better than how we're looking at it societally as such a negative thing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so as we close out this podcast episode and move towards uh, the conclusion of our conversation, I want to give you space to talk about just as you reflect back on this podcast episode and all that we've talked about and just your journey in general, what do you hope that people take from this podcast episode or what's something that you might have even taken from this episode and things that you hope that people carry forward with them? One, that you can do it all. I believe that you can do it all, but you have to figure out what you're passionate about and what you want to do. Who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for other people? So if you say that something is your passion, you have to really think about, is it actually your passion or is it somebody else's passion? Or is it a passion that you think you want to do that you're going to go ahead and persist with, but you don't actually vibe with it? If it's something you don't want to do, if you're not in a perfect position, stop. I've had horrible bosses in the past um in entertainment that I was like you know what this is my only way into the entertainment business this is the only way that I can make it like this is my only end I don't have another end but the fact of the reality is when you know your worth other people know your worth when you let people treat you like shit they're going to continue to treat you like shit if you bend for people they're going to continue to know I can bend her if I want so I think you have to know your worth. I mean, where I'm working now, I love everything about my job. I have nothing negative to say. And I've been asking people to give me a negative about this job and nobody can. I get to work from home. I have a company credit card. I get paid travel. I get reimbursed for gas. I get mental health days. Like everything that you would want positively in a job, I have here. So you can attain that, but you have to know when to draw your own line. You have to know. And I said what I basically told them how much I wanted to be making. And they met me there. Starting pay. So I think that you can do you can do it all. But you have to know what you're passionate about. And you have to just know your boundaries and know your worth. And also just understand where you are at. Like right now, my my supervisor wants to move me up. I've only been working here for four months. So it just really shows you my work ethic. But because my mindset has been on mastery, I don't want to move up faster than what I think I'm mastering everything. So Mm. just learn, know where you are and master that before you move up, but also just do what you're passionate about and learn your boundaries. I think boundaries is so important, especially when you don't know what you want to do. More so when you don't know want what when you don't know what you want to do, you need to know your boundaries even more so that people won't push them. Wow. You're such a you you're, you have such powerful words and such a powerful way of delivering your words and it makes me just think they grow up so fast. <laughs> <laughs> You saw me from the beginning. 
from the beginning. That's what I was thinking about. I was like, dang, like just thinking of like where you were as freshly into college, Alexis, in the backseat of my car on the way to L.A. on some random break or me, you and Chelsea hanging out over like a winter break where everybody gone on campus, uh, seeing where you go from, oh, like, can't tell my mom and I became a dance major to now nah, I'm a dance major, deal with it to where you are now. Like, <laughs> it's just there's so much. I don't even like using the term growth, but I think just evolution. Like, I think it was always who you are. It's just like you've had these different life experiences, just continuing to gain additional life experiences that just have blossomed into who you are today. So thank you so much for sharing your story and for being a part of the Banquet Hall legacy. Um, the last thing of the podcast is just whatever's on your chest. If there's shameless plugs you want to make, if you want to shout out how people can connect with you, follow you LinkedIn or whatever. Uh, somebody cut you off in traffic and you want to cuss them out real quick. Uh, the mic is yours. I cussed out my neighbor today. Not you actually having a cuss out story for the end of the podcast. What's your neighbor do to you? She was being extra loud. She was literally like banging, like banging. When I tell you I could hear it reverberating in the room. <laughs> I know. I know they pissed you, you reverberating. Is that is that the word we're using at 9.56 p.m.? Like they pissed you off. She just really had me fucked up. And I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing down there? And she's like, huh? And I was like, what are you doing down there? You're making a lot of noise and I'm trying to get some work done. And she's like, Ugh. I said, what? And then she said, it's understood. I said, okay, because I don't want to hear that when I come back. I don't Alex, know Alexis Lil Debo is <laughs> I rock with it. I rock with the energy. I know that your story is going to inspire a lot of people. And I look forward to just seeing how your story continues to develop. And yeah, just seeing, obviously you don't even see the sky's the limit for you. So I just can't wait to see whatever limit you try to approach and just break through that limit. Like it's just all love for here. And I know that somewhere there'll be a black girl listening to this podcast. And it's like, I want to be like Alexis when I grow up. Well, thank you for having me. This was a great time. And not you laughing when I said they want to be like Alexis with that girl. Because I just feel like I be doing the most. like, And it's just, it, it's like a happy laugh. It's like, wow. Yeah, you, you can do whatever you want to do. You just have to set your mind to it and, you know, do the work to do it. That's why I love um, Princess and the Frog so much. It's like wishing on a star is only going to take you so far. You still got to do the work. Hey, what I say about no free ads, I go for Princess and a Frog. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> They'd be so lucky. They'd be so lucky. Uh, would you like to close us out in song? Is that what are you a, a sing a vocal major too? Like, or is it just you're not you're not closing us out on song? No. No. <laughs> you have uh, to get but... drunk for that. Well, unfortunately, uh, the banquet hall does not have a liquor license yet. Uh, that that will be in the future. Um, but listeners, for those of y'all who stuck with us this full way, I want to thank y'all once again for tuning in to this episode of the banquet hall. 
Uh, make sure you do the influencer thing. Follow us on IG. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Thumbs up. Share with a friend. Leave a comment. Leave a five-star rating. Y'all know the drill. I was supposed to say this at the beginning of the episode, but the real one, the real ones did it anyway, and they listened to this and just sharing a laugh with us. Uh, but make sure y'all follow at Banquet Hall Pod and let Alexis know what y'all think of her story in the comments. Uh, anything that our listeners can do to support you right now? Follow me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I knew, I knew the LinkedIn connection was going to come <laughs> there somewhere. I knew it. So find her on LinkedIn. Alexis, Alexis Eubank. E-U-B- Alexis Eubank on LinkedIn. E-U-B-A-N-K. Uh, okay. Because you said no S. Everybody always thinks I have an S at the end of my last name. Alexis Eubank. No S. Uh, you bank because she going to the bank. She Hollywood now. You could tell by the the nails and the earrings. I'm happy you shout out the nails on the podcast because I kept seeing them in the bottom. I was like, her nails look like they recently done. And then you shout them out on the podcast. So <laughs> we we doing it. So I uh, thank y'all for tuning in. We gonna close out with Kenny Beats, and we'll catch y'all next time. Mm-hmm.